Mumia Abu-Jamal is an award-winning journalist, fighter for racial, economic, and social justice, and a political prisoner, framed up in 1982 on charges of killing a Philadelphia police officer. He is currently on death row in Pennsylvania. A former Black Panthers Party spokesman and outspoken MOVE supporter who has been called the voice of the voiceless for championing the rights of the oppressed, Jamal has been under surveillance by the Philadelphia police and the FBI as a political undesirable since the age of 14. In the studio with us today are Lydia Barashengo, who is Mumia's sister, and Abdul John, a member of the International Concerned Friends and Family of Mumia Abu-Jamal. Welcome to CKUT. Thank you. Thank you. As a youngster, Mumia was involved in the struggle to have his high school, Benjamin Franklin High, renamed for Malcolm X as part of the larger struggle for black studies in Philadelphia. At the age of 13, Mumia was beaten and arrested for protesting a presidential rally for Alabama Governor George Wallace. At the age of 14, Mumia was co-founder of the Philadelphia chapter of the Black Panther Party. He became lieutenant of information and wrote for the Black Panther newspaper. What was it like growing up with Mumia? Mumia is one of six children, uh, one of five boys and a twin. He liked to read more than any of us. Um, he was always a peacemaker in the neighborhood and in the family. Always being a very loving child, he was always one to hug and kiss, you know, everybody in the family. Never had a problem with that. At high school, Mumia gathered a few friends saying that the name Ben Franklin for high school in a community where there's basically all black children did not represent the community which it served. So he gathered a few friends together and tried to get the name of the school changed to Malcolm X High, which he was unable to do. It is not changed today. It is still Ben Franklin High School. So he got suspended. His classmates got suspended, but they very much felt like, you know, they had accomplished something just by standing up and making a statement. They felt good about that. Was there support for the family for his political activities at such a young age? We had no negative feelings about him being involved with the Black Panther Party because for us, the Black Panther Party was a positive. In the community, they were seeing that children got back and forth to school safely and well-fed and, and, and clothing was given out in the community and, and those kinds of things. So it was a very positive thing for us, for Mumia, to be involved in that. So we had to be supportive. It was nothing negative about what he was doing. What was it like in 1982 when Mumia was charged with the murder of a police officer? It was completely out of character that Mumia would do something like kill a police officer. I mean, growing up in public housing, there was a lot of roaches and things like that. The norm is to kill him, but Mu just didn't kill. He, he felt that everything had a right to life. Very early on, Mu became a vegetarian. In 1981, December the 9th, when all the newspapers were saying that he, he was a suspect, we we just knew that wasn't true. I was at the hospital the night he was brought into the hospital, shot and brutally beaten by Philadelphia police officers and barely conscious. And so when I tried to wake him to tell him what his medical condition was, the only thing he could say is, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. They're trying to kill me. I'm, they're trying to kill me. Well, that compounded with knowing Mumia's history. You know, my family has known all along that he's been innocent. You know, we it's never been any doubt in our mind. We sat through that trial in 1982. And, of course, Mumia told us how this system would act during that trial. He It's a good thing that he did prepare us for it because we were in shock. You know, the things that went on in that courtroom, it was unbelievable. But Mumia said to us, the truth would set him free. And we always knew that given a chance to get the truth out, Mumia would be out. But that system doesn't play that way. Truth is not important. The whole system is a lie. 
The original incident that involved Mumia with the police officer in, in December 92 involved one of your brothers. And w- what happened to him and what was the incident exactly? According to the police report, is our baby brother Bill was driving down a one-way street the wrong way. And Officer Faulkner stopped him. And out of that, some confrontation went on between Bill and a police officer. And my understanding is that Mumia was driving along and he saw a cop beating his brother and ran across the street. Well, from the distance Mumia was in his cab, he could not probably have identified who the police officer was beating. Nonetheless, being a journalist, he ran across the street and came upon our baby brother Bill. After the shooting and everything happened, Mumia was on the ground shot. Officer Faulkner was on the ground shot, and Bill was up against the wall. I don't think there would be many brothers that would leave a wounded brother on a scene anywhere. So his job was to stay there and watch watch out for Mumia. Through the years now, um, Bill has been there. He's been available. The prosecution never called him forward to make any testimony in the in the first trial. He was never called to as a witness for the defense either. So he's never testified. No. Mm-hmm. We will hear that testimony if there's a new trial. When there's a new trial, we will hear it. Um, also with us in the studio, Abdul John is a member of the International Concerned Friends and Family of Mumia Abu Jamal. Um, could you tell us a little bit about what the work of the Concerned Friends and Family is? The International Concerned Family and Friends are uh, just a group that, you know, put out and make it available for people, the information on Mumia, try to uh, raise money for his defense, uh, lead demonstrations and all the different things that are necessary to, to uh, in, in the efforts to bring Mumia Bujmal home. What do you think it is about Mumia's case that's so special? I mean, there are quite a few political prisoners in the States and all over the world. There's other people who um, have been subject to police harassment and state harassment. Why do you think Mumia's case differs or is able to gain so much support? It doesn't necessarily differ. Mumia is just a catalyst or he's the poster child for them all. When you free Mumia, you actually free the whole slew. We were able to put Mumia's case out there because the concerned family and friends of Mumia, Abu Jamal, having went through the trials and having seen the transcripts, saw the injustice and they just said, we're not going to sit by anymore. And thank God they did. The, the spirit, the energy of people are rising up. You know, it's like they're beginning to get fed up. I don't think they're quite fed up, but it's it's really rising up. Mumia is a good example. There are many people on, on death row that's been through the same thing Mumia has, but they don't have anyone to speak for them. They don't have the money for the lawyers. You know, they might not even have family. They might not even have visits. So he's just a magnified one. It is not just about Mumia, it is about many. The things that are going on with Mumia are things that are going on with everybody. And people need to uh, support those people who are beneficial and, and serve our community. And Mumia being one, we, we are obligated out of uh, fair exchange to support him and to bring light to the situation that he's in. Because in the city of Philadelphia, he was one of the only people who was uh, giving us righteous media as to what was going on. When you see the altered evidence, the coerced testimony, the unlikelihood of certain stories and allegations, the changing of, of testimony, it really seems like a bit of a farce. And when, when you look 
For example, over in China recently, one of the Tiananmen Square protesters was was put away, and there's been editorials in the Times and in the Globe and Mail denouncing the Chinese court system as being a farce, as being an obvious prop to the Chinese government's political agenda. How is it possible to make those criticisms overseas and then look here and see what to many of us looks like a very evident travesty of justice and for for people to participate in it and not see it in that way? Well, you know, it, it is possible when people are apathetic. Veronica Jones was taken off the stand in handcuffs mm-hmm. two, two days ago um, by state troopers on a two-month-old bad check charge. What effect do you think that has? No, no that was not two months. two months old. It was a check charge from 1994, and we were in Judge Sable's courtroom in 1996. Now, they snatched her off the stand for a bad check that she wrote two years prior to that, she herself never knowing that there was anything brewing for her. Um, she was absolutely in shock when they said they were going to lock her up. You know, before coming out on the stand and, and putting their life on the line and jeopardizing themselves, I don't think they would have would do that if they thought they had something hanging over them that, that, that somebody could lock them up for. I'm very confident that she didn't know anything was laying for her like that. So when she got, she made her testimony, uh, gave her statement, she only stated her original statement from December the 9th, 1981, written the night of the murder and signed by her, that she did see two men run from the scene of the crime. But when she got on the stand in 1982, having been coerced by the police officer, she was not to say that. Her original statement says she did not see Mumia shoot the gun and she saw two men run from the scene. In the meantime, they snatch her off the stand last month, lock her up. Judge Sable made his ruling and they're saying that because of her character, her statement is not worthy. You know, they don't trust her. But her statement was good in 1982 to sentence someone to death because they could use her. And we all must remember that she was not a defense witness. She was a prosecuting witness. And so now, having gone all these years and gotten her life together, she's saying, I can't live with this lie anymore. Uh, Judge Sable said she was not credible, and he didn't feel as though she had enough to say that would warrant Mumia a new trial. You know, irregardless of what her testimony was, the fact that the police coerced her into making a statement is grounds for a new trial. You know, that is a, a very high level charge. And I'm saying that these cops, they all in conspiracy. We ain't looking for no justice. We are, you know, finally, we knew that Sable was going to do what he did. You know, and it's a matter of just giving them rope, you know, so they can hang themselves. We are, you know, we are going to bring the city of Philadelphia and this government down to its knees. They think that they can get away with this. Understand that, you know, Mumia is not an orphan. You know, he is backed by people around the world. And the idea that they think they can get away with this is preposterous. You know, they're going to mess with the wrong person, you know, and we are going to bring this country down to its knees on this case. Mumia's defense team has stated that the the fight for Mumia's freedom is only twenty percent taking place twenty percent in the courtroom, and that the rest of the struggle is on the streets. And the August seventeenth uh, execution date, uh, which has gone and passed, Sabo said it had nothing to do with what was going on in the streets. But I, I've heard you say that it has it was the result of, of agitation That's worldwide true. in Philadelphia and around the world. What are you planning now? We know that our our country is built on money, you know, and money is real important to these people. And that's why we're going to Wall Street in New York. 
we're going to say, hey, no money today till you look at what's happening with Mumia. We're telling people, you freed Mandela. Now you free Mumia. Shut down Wall Street. And somebody going to be pissed off. They're going to want to know why these people are bugging. And maybe those people on Wall Street will put pressure on other people to do something with this case because we can't be bothered with these people. So we're going to Wall Street December the 9th, and we're going to be on Wall Street from 9 o'clock in the morning, and I think it goes to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And we're expecting to bring people from around the world in convoys. And that's part of the reason for our visit here in Canada, is to try to galvanize, get people organized, uh, get them on the bus down to Wall Street that day. You get there, you'll be able to network, you'll be able to get more information because it is very hard to get information since the mass media doesn't do it for us. We have to travel, sometimes hand carry it, but we make sure it gets out. And one of the biggest ways to do that is to have each state, any country, whatever, have its representatives at Wall Street and make sure that they all have information to take back to where they came from and organize around moving in.